Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome to Big Good Night. Jay Bakley, Chris Inocero producing the operation. My college football guy himself. I'm not going to slight you. NFL, NBA, if you want him. Yeah, soccer takes two. But yeah, uh, right now. time on fire. Right right now, I'm, uh, I am paying attention to this college football coaching carousel. Man, it's- and it's very exciting. Probably the most exciting it's been. I mean, maybe... Can you remember a cycle no, that was more no, exciting than this time? No, no, no. Plenty of things to discuss, like early signing day. Should they move it back? We'll get into that. Uh, a lot of college football takes penny, people feeling sorry for Manny uh, Diaz at Miami. Yeah. <laughs> We're feeling sorry for the same guy that took a job at Temple, yeah. changed some things later in the month, takes a job at Miami. Yeah. Is that where we're going? He was We're like gonna, two weeks on the job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to feel sorry for him, though. No. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs with the uh, AFC West. We'll talk to Ron Kopp, RealHeadPride.com, coming up. And we'll take a trip to uh, Mr. Raider, Scott Gobranson, and talk about, because obviously it's Raiders week. Haven't got the buzz yet. It is Tuesday. You're supposed to start saying it. It's Broncos week rivalry. Now we're back to a rival in the Raiders. Again, it's fast and furious with the Kansas City Chiefs. One thing is, Chris, you're from around this town, so am I. We're forever. And... It's either Raiders or Chiefs when you ask people their rivals. And then it got to be a point there. People like, I hate the Patriots. I hate Tom Brady. Now you can start hating the Patriots again. Let me tell you what. Start hating them again. If you didn't hate them last year because Tom Brady was gone and you felt sorry for New England, start hating them again, Chiefs fans, because, um, yeah, you're going to want to. But nobody says Chargers, Chris. Like, nobody says Chargers. No, I've said that for years. The Chargers are not a rival for the Chiefs. They just happen to play in the same division and play each other twice a year. I'm with you. No feelings towards the Chargers. None at all. No, no. Not even, like, when the Chargers are really good. Like, you hate certain players, like Phillip Rivers when he was the quarterback there. You hated Phillip Rivers. But I never have looked at the Chargers with the same amount of hatred as I have the Broncos when Elway was there or the Raiders any time that they have existed. So, yeah, I I agree with you. Chargers, not really a rival. No, we'll see what happens, though, with Justin Herbert. We'll see if they can uh, turn this thing into the – go the right direction. I mean, they're certainly not doing – I mean, they look good. They look bad. That Cincinnati game (laughs) – they had a 24-point lead, and all of a sudden Cincinnati came back 24-22. to Start turning the ball over at that point, and Cincinnati kind of kind of blew the game. But 
I, I've always said, Chris, I said this before the season, because I'm this this anti-charger, you know, love that they get each and every year. And I said the Broncos have the best uh have the best roster in this division, except for two major things, which I get if you want to make an argument with them, coach and quarterback. I was talking to Nate that last night. I was like, this is a team, if they do the right things, could be very dangerous, the team the Chiefs played. Because Tim Patrick just got extension. We know how good Jerry Judy is and great route runner, still on that rookie contract. And they gave Cortland Sutton an extension. And Javante Williams in the backfield, Noah Fant. I mean, that's a team with everything. They get the running back. They get the tight end. They get the wide receivers. They don't have a quarterback. Teddy's on the uh, final year of a contract. Unfortunately for the Broncos, he does not exist in this year's draft. And then good luck with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. He seems relatively content in Green Bay, but who knows? I thought he was happy last year after going two straight NFC title games. But uh, you never know with old Rodgers which direction he's going to go. And then, of course, there's going to be Russell Wilson out there as well, which, I mean, I've been a Russell Wilson. Like, I've respected what he's done the last couple of years, but not sure that's the right guy. It is an upgrade for him. But if they change Fangio and head coach, now you start talking Denver more seriously. Because, again, talented team, and we know how good that defense was. Young pieces, Patrick Sertan, you name it. Yeah, you you they got to get a new coach. I mean, regardless of whether or not they're able to get themselves a quarterback, coach is going to be just as important for them because of the fact that you're going to need a good offensive coordinator. You're going to need good staff around that offensive coordinator because right now what we're seeing in Seattle is a team that is falling apart at the seams. You've got yourself a great quarterback, but your offensive coordinator, for some reason, you've gotten worse at offensive coordinator than what you had a year ago. It's Pat Shermer. It's field NFL coach, but he is on his second year. But still, that that offense (laughs) skill was 20 points a game. That's a good offense. Can you imagine what Andy Reid would do that offense? Oh, yeah. In those skill position players? I mean, because basically right now, the the Broncos offense kind of talent-wise kind of reminds you of like what the Chiefs were a few years ago with Alex Smith before Patrick Mahomes took over. Like, you've got some talent around your quarterback. You just don't have a great quarterback. And I'd imagine that Teddy Bridgewater would look a lot like Alex Smith did if he had an offensive coordinator or or a head coach that could call plays like Andy Reid does. And so right now you see a team that's got a lot of talent but is missing a coach, missing quarterback. And if they somehow get that, we could be looking at the at the Broncos being the biggest challenger for the Chiefs at the AFC West. No, I'm with you. And that window closes fast. And I like their skill position players they have. But again, the window does close fast. But I like the direction they're doing. I mean, obviously, the quarterback is a major thing for the Denver Broncos. But did you enjoy the game last night? Hell no. That was a terrible football game. Because I felt that between <laughs> Sunday night football with the Chiefs and Broncos, like if the Broncos beat the Chiefs, I'll say, like, okay, what's going on here? And they were, they were in a little bit of a panic mode. Because Denver beating the Chiefs, now they're in first place in the division. And Chiefs took care of business, but then all eyes on Monday Night Football. What are the Bills going to do? they finally going to show their worth. Now we're talking maybe they don't even make the playoffs. They still got to play the Bucks. They got to play the Pats again, which Bilicek said on his radio show today. Well, we didn't show him our passing game. <laughs> like if he's got anything in surprise <laughs> for the Bills. Yeah, you're going to want to pay. You're going to look at that game and say, well, the Patriots are going to win that game. Obviously, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. But that game last night, I mean, it was snow, the wind. It had all the good stuff about it. I said this. I enjoyed that game. You might not have, Chris. I know the fast food society now, that once things done fast, quick, we like the scoring, we like offense. You like arena ball on a football field. Didn't appeal to you. This was for the purists that enjoy that 
you know, three to one pitching duel in Major League Baseball. This is what it was. It wasn't like it was this great defensive effort effort. It was just a bunch of bad offense. Like, I understand, like, I, I do appreciate a great defensive game where you've got two defenses that are just playing lights out. That's not what that was yesterday, last night. That was a game where you had two offenses, one offense that refused to throw the football at all. Like, they were just like, we're not going to throw it at all. We don't trust our quarterback. We're going to run the football, like, over 40 times, attempt three passes the entire game, and we're just going to hope and pray that our defense is going to be able to help us win. And then you had another offense that was trying to throw the football a lot and was making a ton of mistakes and playing well below what they normally do and that's why they struggled to score more than 10 points. I mean Josh Allen did throw the ball 30 times. Yeah. Mac Jones Mac Jones has never seen snow before. Right? No. Kids from Florida. He played at Alabama. He's never seen snow. Bilicek to me that was one of his top three coaching performances we've was seen. Was that? I don't think it I was. I think so because he won by not throwing the damn ball, man. He took it. He, he won went old because school. He, he went a million years the, back. He won because the Bills were so bad on offense. But the, everything was there for the Bills. You had Josh Allen, who was second in the MVP last year. You had a team that beat the Chiefs of Kansas City, and all of a sudden, the Super Bowl aspirations, the Vegas odds were putting there at the top of the AFC. People were crowning them. They didn't handle it well, right? You got to be able to, you know, be yeah. able to stay at the top of the hill. You got to be with, 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 with to to you know withstand the people coming at you now and everything else. They couldn't do it. The no. Chiefs spent all of last year on the top of that hill. Now teams this year when they were the Chiefs were down, they enjoyed kicking them and they were enjoying you know beating the top, beating the Chiefs. As Hunter Renfro, the Raiders called the Chiefs. Alabama is what he called them. But the Bills didn't hold on to it, and their season is being blown away. And one thing I told the guys from Buffalo, uh, Mike Danger and Gene Battaglia, that come on with me to talk Bills uh, from our sister station out there in Rochester, I said, it seems like the Bills, because he was telling me they, they, they weren't concentrating on other games, they were just concentrating on the Chiefs game, right? Which they came there ahead and won the game. And I told him flat out, I said, you know what? You better start watching your division. Because that team needs to be watching the division before they concern themselves with the Ravens, the Chiefs, and other teams. Because you got the Patriots to spend $137.5 million in free agency. You've got the Dolphins, and I get it, not great this year. They have won five in a row, but they were a 10-win team last year. The division's better. I like Robert Sala better in New York. It's not a great team, but it's a better head coach. Watch your division first. They're not doing it. But it was old-school football. It was just running the ball up and down. And now the AFC, we have a clear picture uh, with New England holding that number one seed. It's going to be tough to get them off that. It is going to be tough to get them off that number one seed, especially the way that they're playing football right now. It reminds me of early Tom Brady. Game manager, take care of the football, will play good defense. The Patriots defense, number one scoring defense. It's the only, Since week eight, it's the only defense that's allowed fewer points than the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Patriots defense is there. They're fundamentally sound. They're bringing guys like Judon, love him, on defense and what they're doing. Again, I think this is a pissed-off Belichick because of Tom Brady. Because we love that argument. You know Belichick loved the argument, too. He's a football historian. The old argument was a Tom or was a Bill. And then Tom <laughs> clearly got the upper hand by winning without him in his first year. Takes the Bucs to that uh, Super Bowl. But Belichick, to me, seems like he's on a mission. And the Patriots... 
weren't being talked about before the season. It was Ravens. It was the Chiefs. The Chargers still got their love. The Bills certainly got their love. Nobody knew what to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Colts were getting some run. And then there was the New England Patriots. They were going to have to be with Mac Jones, and you weren't sure what they're going to do. But when you have these, you get when you have a coach like Belichick, third all-time in coaching wins, the cream rises to the top, right? Belichick and, and, and Reed are the two hottest coaches in the AFC. They're also both in the top five coaching victories in the NFL, which I think teams should be concerned about. I think New England and the Chiefs. It's not just Chiefs you have to worry about this year. It's the Chiefs and the Patriots. I don't. I understand because Bill Belichick, that's the reason why a lot of teams are are giving the, a lot of people are giving the Patriots a lot of respect. I just don't think that the formula that the Patriots used to win a championship back in 2001 is something that is really sustainable in 2021. Like it, back then the rules were differently as far as how they enforced pass interference, illegal contact, defensive holding, et cetera. So it was much harder to throw the football 20 years ago. Oh, it favors the, it favors the offense hundred percent, much more. And now. what they're doing on defense is insane considering that. Yeah. But they also have a much easier schedule than a team like the chiefs do. And they're not having to face nearly the amount of playoff squads as the top, the other top teams in the, in the conference right now. And we know that in today's NFL, if you don't have a great quarterback, it makes it really difficult to win in the playoffs. And I just feel like if you spend your entire time dodging your quarterback from having to make big plays, it'll come back to bite you. And I just don't think the way that the Patriots are winning, let's say the Patriots uh, get the one seed. I don't think that that's sustainable in the playoffs. They could get that by, they could play in the divisional round and they could lose at home to whoever. And I just feel I feel like they would be very vulnerable even if they get the one. I, to me, nothing about this team says that they're the best team in the conference other than their record. And I don't feel like their record match. I think the results are something that people have fallen in love with more than the roster and the talent there. Well, then they start taking some L's. They get, they get a bye week this week. Then they're at Indy on a 720 game on a Saturday. It's one of those, when the NFL is yeah. doing some Saturday. It's yeah. a great game. I like the Colts. They, they, they have blown three games, and I mean flat blown them. Like that 19-point lead against the Ravens in the third quarter, blown. Mm-hmm. Three leads on the Titans, and Carson Wentz, he shows glimpses where he plays well, and then he throws a stupid pick in the end zone, right? <laughs> yeah, so like Carson pick. Wentz it just does that stuff to frustrate you. Then they got Jacksonville and then at Miami. And Miami's one of the – Miami beat New England in New England this year. First game of the year by one point. And they have <laughs> always given them trouble. Remember Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yes. They give them trouble. So there could be a couple of L's. Uh, there, but the Buffalo Bills too. This is a team with those high expectations. You had the quarterback; they like the receivers. Um, Belichick did still uh, Hunter Henry from him, Janu Smith, when they were looking uh, for wide receiver or for a uh, defensive uh, uh, pass rush help as well. But even Josh Allen after the game, you know, this kind of puts it in perspective. I don't know if it's spiraling out of control. I don't know if I'd put it in that context, but you know, we got to win the close ones. Uh, we got to find a way and. Uh, we were one four in the red zone tonight. Didn't didn't play good enough. Um, I take that very personally, and you know I got to play better and be better for this team. They are spiraling out of control. The one funny thing is, you know how this game you were talking about the fewest pass attempts, and they brought up the 1974 game between the Bills and the Jets, where they just the Bills won the game, but just threw it two times. It was it. But they win the game. So I was curious about it. So I go back to Pro Football Reference and I go to that game, and. 
The Bills threw it two times. It's 100% true. Joe Namath and the Jets threw it 18 times, completed twice. Three picks. The Bills just rode O.J. Simpson the whole time. They went juice the whole time. Then I looked at the weather. I was curious weather because it was a September game. And this was obviously, you know, snow blowing around. I never seen goalposts move like we saw last night in that game. That was insane. 47 mile an hour wind gust, though, in that game. A little bit of rain at the beginning. The weather sucked. I was wondering what, what about it being September and all that. But nobody threw the ball well. Namath threw it two times in three picks. And with the Bills, they throw it to two times. Very interesting stuff. I did get a kick out of this, though. You give credit where it's due. This is Sean McDermott, the uh, head coach of the Bills. How would you just explain the, the psychological component of coaching against Bill Belichick, especially when he's doing something like that, just running the ball constantly? Yeah, it's not the, the, let's not give more credit than we need to give credit to Bill Belichick in this one. It was. It cracks me up. Can your division? Let's not give too much credit to him. <laughs> um, whether it's Bill or anybody else, they beat us, right? But you sit here and you tell me when they start with the average starting, when we start with the average starting field position at the 40 yard line and he starts with the 23 yard line, and I'm rounding up in both cases, and we were one for four in the red zone and they're 0 for one in the red zone, you give me that ahead of time, I'm saying I like my chances. I like my chances. So it's not, I don't think, with all due respect, it's not a Bill Belichick type thing. It's what are you doing with the opportunities you got? What are you doing with the opportunities you got? We turn the ball over at the plus 30 some yard line. Sloppy football. I got a kick out of that because you have a contender in the Bills, and now you're sitting there saying, I'm not giving credit to Belichick. Well, you probably should. Bills got a few more rings than you do, Sean. Not for that game. No, I, I, <laughs> hey, man, it's the ultimate troll job. That's demoralizing. When you come in there and do that in somebody's house, and you don't throw the damn football in 2021, that's when you take their lunch money, man. Yeah. They took the Bills, took the Patriots took their heart, they took their soul, and they crapped on that field at Orchard Park. They did. It was 100%. It's embarrassing. I they just, stole their lunch money, Chris. I don't think they – I think you're taking a little too far here. I'm not taking it far You're taking a little too far. That was – I mean, No, that was not a game but where the, the bottom Patriots line is, bullied them. But the bottom line is if the Chiefs won a game like that, you know what people say today? The national media is what they say. What's wrong with Mahomes? They decide yeah. to run all the time. Yeah. What's wrong with the Chiefs? They can't score that. Even though the win, you name it, that's what the narrative would have been. But, hey, it's the Bills. I mean, I get it. I'm giving them credit, but I give the Chiefs credit when they get win games too because it's exactly what they're doing. Coming up next, though, is the Chiefs team. Is it time to start saying their defensive team? We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Kristen Ocero, Ron Kopp, ArrowheadPride.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To join us for a uh, talk to Scott Goldbranson, who covers the Raiders. Silver and black today on two stations, Mighty 1090 out in San Diego, also in Vegas as well. Text from the text line, Chris. Um, you've responded to it as well. Uh, should Belichick be coach of the year? You answered it with him or Cliff Kingsbury, which is obviously a great choice considering that Kyler's been hurt and he's still winning, even though Kyler's back, but he won despite that. He didn't let it bother him. The one guy that I think was really in the lead for that, except for because I don't know if they're going to start their slide, to be honest with you, the Ravens. Because when you talk about J.K. Dobbins getting hurt before the season and Gus Edwards, and all of a sudden you start talking about all the injuries they Marcus had. Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters. And now Marlon Humphrey, their other great quarterback, out for the year. So now you take those two guys out of it, but you're still winning games despite that, and they hand the number one seed, and I get it. I think the football gods have shined on the Ravens more than any other team. I mean, Chiefs just gave them the game. Justin Tucker kicks a 66-yarder NFL record to beat the Lions. The luck ran out, though. And eventually, that's what happens. When you keep <laughs> when you keep going for it, you keep pushing all in, eventually you're going to lose the hand. Like, you may win some, but eventually you're going to lose. Time's up for the Ravens. Going for two, I get why they did it. Didn't have Marlon Humphrey. And they thought, well, we got to do it. I, like, I have no problem with them going for two to beat the Steelers at the end. No problem with that whatsoever. Win the game when you should. I mean, that's what people say now about Auburn not doing it to Alabama the first overtime. Go for two. Kansas won a game, and Casey got himself an Applebee's deal for going for two. Missouri did the same thing. Go for two when you can. I don't have any problem with that. I would, so I would have said Harbaugh was in that equation, too. Yeah, but Belichick, the funny thing is, like he he's won coach of the year before. And obviously, a lot of times, like the best coaches that continue to win don't win the award. Like Nick Saban doesn't take home the award every year in college football, even though he probably could. Andy Reid's not going to because the expectations are high. Yeah. The expectations were not high for the Patriots this year. I mean, it's a team that had more opt-outs than anybody else last year in the National Football League. It's a team that uh, finished 7-9. and nine. They went out and spent that money. And what he's doing with Mac Jones, rookie quarterback, to bid here with the number one seed, I think Belichick is in that conversation for coach of the year. Again, the managers that win it all the time, that win all the time, didn't win it because they have good expectations. He doesn't. The Chiefs defense, I mentioned, Last four, 9.75 points a game. So they're under 10 points. Since week, week, week eight, there's no team in the NFL besides the Patriots have, have allowed fewer points than the Kansas City Chiefs. Last five, 11.2 points a game. Last six, and I didn't go back last six to include that Titans game where they gave up 27. You still count that, it's 13.8 a game. Now the offense, last five games, 23 points a game. The defense is playing better than the offense right now. And I know we look at the Chiefs, you think offensive-minded. I was glad I heard the NFL Network today talking about the Chiefs defense, giving them some praise because really, outside of the Patriots, nobody's playing to their level at what they've been playing at. And I get it, they gave up 400 yards to the Broncos, but it was classic bend but not break. No team in the NFL has given up a 20-point drive only to give up no points on said 20-play, 11-minute drive. That's what they're doing. You look at these games now, and you got confidence in the defense, so much so that Andy Reid, I mean, actions speak louder than words. Having the ball at the end of the first half, two timeouts, minute nine on the clock, 
and you get the ball first in the second half, it's all a Madden game. You score at the end of the half, get the ball back, right? Denver, right there, won the toss, put our offense out there. They put their worst unit on the field first. You know what happened? The Chiefs were in a situation, well, Alex Okafor was a pick six, which would have been really funny how that happened. But to me, I didn't like that drive. I didn't like the play calling, didn't like the selection. But I'll say this, that tells you everything you need to know about how Andy Reid views this defense when he just sat on that ball at the end of the first half. You know, I've thought about this all uh, since Sunday's game because I've been very critical of the Chiefs offense, mainly the Chiefs play calling, because uh, if you look at, like, we obviously know, you look at the scripted plays, their offense still looks like the best offense in the NFL. But then they get out of the script, and all of a sudden they start going back to being a team that's struggling on offense. Part of me wonders whether or not that's what Andy wants us and and the rest of the league to think the Chiefs are. Because we know, you remember two years ago, after Mahomes had his knee injury, his knee was on the side of it, the kneecap was on the side of his uh, of the joint, and he came back and the offense was more conservative than what they were before. Uh, after the Titans game, like they weren't taking as many deep shots down the field. They were doing the dink and dunk and taking their time, moving the ball down the field, and they were relying more on their defense and their running game to control the ball. I I wonder if that's what Andy wants to do this year with the offense being in a position where, I mean, the only thing that chiefs care about is the super bowl. They don't give a damn about anything else. They don't care about being top 10 ranked offense or being a top five scoring offense. They just want to get back to the super bowl and right that wrong that happened back in February. I wonder if the chiefs are conserving their offense as much as they can and relying more on their defense for when they absolutely are going to need their offense to be on point come January when they're trying to defend their AFC championship and take back the Super Bowl. I kind of feel like the Chiefs might be doing what they did a couple years ago and saving something for the playoffs, a la LeBron James team since he went to Miami, where it's like, as long as we make the tournament – we're good to go. Well, they have to figure it out. I'll tell you this much. If they figure it out, this, this is the best team in football. But do they want to figure it out during the regular I'm just saying, season? With the way this the defense thing. is playing right now, and then you throw that offense, there's no team as good as the Chiefs. Yeah. If that offense can come back to even be a glimpse of what they were the last couple of years, there's no better team. Yeah, I and I agree. I just feel like Andy might be like, Let's save the good stuff for the playoffs. You know, let's not go out there because we know the scripts that they've started with Cowboys, Packers, and and now this past game that they 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 played this week uh, against the Broncos. When they they know how to score points, we saw them in that Raiders game do exactly what they've done on script, and they dominated the Raiders. And and they don't do it the rest of the game. And and I've wondered what teams are going to do if they spend all their time worrying about Mahomes. In their game plans, they better figure out how to start scoring on this on this defense. Five straight games, 20 points or less. Yeah. Longest streak in the NFL. Hell, no one's had a four-game streak like that. Like, okay. So, Mahomes the great decoy, if you want to look at it that way, because they're spending so much time to stop him. Just like the Honey Badger said at the game. Well, they're still respecting their offense so much, so they're going for two. You just want Mahomes to come out there because he's still got that, you know, that, 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 that killer instinct is how team players look at him. Don't leave Mahomes too much time. Which, you know what? Serving the Chiefs well. 
It's serving the defense well because they're spending so much time on Mahomes. They're not talking about them. But the minute they flipped, which is good for the Chiefs, they start playing their game plan more on the defense instead of we'll just do whatever the hell we want against the Chiefs defense or that bad. They're not that way anymore. Yeah, They're not that way anymore. So you get to spend more time on the defense. And then if you make a few mistakes here and there on defense, the Chiefs are waiting for teams to make mistakes. And you see it when Mahomes starts uncorking corking one at times because he sees a weakness or drawn man coverage. And also, I think, like, we know that in the playoffs, teams are going to run the same strategy they've been running against the Chiefs offense all season long. I don't know if Andy wants to show off his strategy on how to how to attack that a little too much. I feel like, like, you know, we always say, oh, Andy's going to dust off the, the, the good playbook for the playoffs. I kind of feel like that might be what Andy's doing. He's running his he's running his bad play his bad play sheet, his bad playbook when he knows that teams are going to expect the Chiefs to show their good stuff off in the regular season. And I think he might be waiting for the playoffs to really showcase what he wants to do. And we saw that against Oakland. Whenever they needed to get yards and they were in a position where their offense was struggling up until that point, I think they really showcased that they know how to beat the type of defense that every Everybody's running at. And we'll get back to that in just a minute. I need to take a break right now because Ron Cop, lead analyst from ArrowheadPride.com. We'll get in more of the discussions next with Ron. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Chris Sinocero producing the operation. We'll talk to Ron Cobb here in just a minute. Actually, we'll talk to him now. Ron Cobb, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com, who's also a football coach as well. Not at the pro level, but at the high school level and below. And I know, I know he loved that game last night. Did you, Ron? Oh, oh my gosh, right? Uh, no, that's, you see the Patriots running the ball. That's it's funny. That's the that's the way I've been kind of wanting the Chiefs to maybe start running the ball a little bit. Not obviously where Mahomes only has three pass attempts, but uh, just all those those power runs, those counter runs, those G leads. You you man, like you like school. that run? That, that was old school football, man. I love that. That doesn't mean it was good football. I thought it was really terrible. <laughs> I loved it, man. That was, that was I did too. Fun. See, Ron, I enjoyed it because of the ultimate troll job. I consider Belichick's one of his top three coaching performances that he did. What did we learn when we look at the AFC, though, Ron? What did we learn last night? What what were you looking for? I mean, because obviously the narrative could have switched, even though they play the Patriots again here in a couple weeks. Patriots have the bye week this week, so they're going to crack at them. But this was on their home turf. Yes, weather was bad, but and you were going against a quarterback from Jacksonville that played at Alabama It's never seen snow. It was lined up for the Bills to be that aggressive team. They weren't, though. That was the team making excuses. That was the team being punched in the mouth by the Patriots. If I'm a Bills fan, I'm incredibly pissed at that game last night and performance by my team. Yeah, and I think this is a long time coming for Buffalo in terms of how they've built their team. Uh, you know, they, they've really built their team to to counter exactly what the Chiefs have, this, this pass-heavy offense, this, this explosive offense. you got to match with them offensively in terms of, you know, they have all these receiving talents they brought in. You know, traded for Stephon Diggs, but also on defense, they stocked up on pass rushers. They stocked up. You know, they want to get after the quarterback. Well, what has that turned into? Is now they're they're a soft team. They're they're, they're straight up a soft team in terms of defending the run and running the ball. They have no run game, man, and that and that's been a thing for Buffalo for a couple of years. But 
But that that really showed up last night. They that's the thing. They allowed Josh Allen to throw, and he actually wasn't too bad at times. His his arm allows him to throw in those conditions. But you need to be able to run the ball at some point, especially in January, man. And, and that's why that's why the, these Patriots look like a team that can really contend. That's why the Bills all of a sudden look like a team where they're playing Tampa this week. They got the Patriots again in a couple weeks in New England. Man, Buffalo all of a sudden is kind of fighting for their playoff lives a little bit. You know what they are, Ron? They got five losses already, so you had two more, and that's seven. Then all of a sudden you're ten and seven, and you got to wonder where the cutoff line is going to be. It's going to fluctuate a little bit from year to year. But Brian Flores, the Miami Dolphins, went ten and six last year and sat on their couch watching the playoffs. Man, there's what twelve AFC teams right now that are in the mix. I mean, there's we have no idea how it's going to play out yet because there's. There's about seven or eight teams in the AFC that have either five or six losses, and so yeah, and, and the Bills are one of those teams right now. And, and and some teams just have easier schedules than others. That's what it comes down to right now. You know, some teams are getting a, a lot luckier than others. You know, a, a team like the Ravens who have to play the Rams and the Packers still. They got some AFC North opponents. You know, they got to go at Cincinnati still. I mean, there's just there's some hard schedules left for these five loss teams that you know all of a sudden you know a team that we all thought maybe all year is oh they're for sure making the playoffs. They lose a couple of these down the stretch, and, and other teams get hot. They're they're out of the playoffs. It's it's going to be a wild ride, man. Yeah, you bring up the Ravens, and I, I've said all along the football gods have been smiling on them better than any other team. I get it. They Lamar fumbled against the Raiders. They could have won that game, but still, all these games coming down to the end for the Ravens. They find a way to win them. They find a way to beat the Colts after being down 19 points in the second half. The Chiefs give them the football at the 34 yard line instead of win. They, 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 they've had the uh, football god shot, but eventually your luck's going to run out. Like, eventually your luck's going to run out. They go for two. Not good for the Ravens as they lose the game. They lose Marlon Humphrey for the season as well. They just have been decimated by injuries, and they're continuing to get them. But, you know, they're at the Browns uh, this coming week. You mentioned the Packers. Then they're at the Bengals, first the Rams, then the Steelers. Like, their schedule is against playoff teams or nearly out of the playoff teams that still have – you know, a, a, a desire to win. And we've seen teams like the Ravens look great at times and look really bad at times. It's the state of the uh, AFC, but here's the Ravens. They went from first seed to maybe not even making the playoffs. Maybe. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, and from a Chiefs perspective, talking about the, the Ravens and the Bills, those are two of the teams that have veteran quarterbacks right now that you – you maybe don't want to see in the playoffs. I, I, I still honestly contend that the Bills are the one team I think I don't want to see the most just because of their experience in the postseason. You know, Josh Allen, as, as, as you know, he hasn't played as well this year. He still has been in that, those situations. Their head coach has been in those situations. Their whole team, they've had the same team for a while now. And so what I, why I say that with Lamar Jackson being kind of there for a while too is these other teams that are emerging now, you know, maybe a team like the Chargers, you know, a team like the Patriots, obviously, with a rookie quarterback. You know, those are teams that haven't been there yet, you know, even a Cincinnati Bengals team. So it's kind of funny, you know, it really would work out for the Chiefs, in my opinion. You know, I think you'd rather play those teams with those youth, youthful quarterbacks or inexperienced with playoff rosters rather than these Buffalo Bills or Baltimore Ravens where even if they're not playing well right now, they're well-coached teams that have been in those situations and know how to play in the playoffs. You know, a guy like Joe Burrow or, or Justin Herbert or, or Mac Jones just simply have not. Well, what's your feeling now on this defense, Ron? It, it's been fun to watch. Um, I, I was talking to Chris a little bit ago that, yeah, I think that this shows you how much Andy Reid trusts the defense, the fact that he sat on the football with two timeouts, a minute line left in the first half, 
and didn't do anything with it. Now, early in the season, the Chiefs tried to score points there. I fully contend the way the defense is playing. They knew they would have to score, but they don't feel that way anymore. They have the comfort the defense is going to make plays, and there's there's reasons to love this Chiefs defense uh, because of what they're doing right now. And then you've pointed out a stat uh, on Twitter, and it's something I saw earlier. Each, each week I go through the Chiefs opponents and the Chiefs and where they're kind of ranking uh, in the different categories. One of those things I look at is third down percentage and fourth down percentage on offense and defense. And the fact that the uh, Chiefs, as you say, they're now a top 10 team on third down uh, percentage. That really stood out to me today when I'm making this down. They're 10th at 38.6, meaning they're getting off the field on third down. That was probably the happiest stat for me to write down. Yeah, I'm actually going to be writing a film review of the third down defense, so check that out tomorrow. It should be up on airheadpride.com. But no, that, and that's what this, what's been so impressive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. About the defensive performance and the stretch is how well they're doing on third down. Going into this last game, they're actually only allowing a quarter of, of the time a third down to be allowed. 25% going into this game, uh, the last five games, I should say, that last or four-game stretch, excuse me. Yeah, this game uh, against Denver, you know, Javante Williams started going, right? I mean, they, they started getting the ball, the run game going. They were, they were getting six, seven yards of carry at some point. You know, we, had, we saw the 20-play drive where they did convert some third downs. But, you know, the whole reason they only allowed three points, you know, until pretty much the game was over was because when it got to third down, they were getting off, off the field. They were 4-14 four for four, 14 on third down conversion against the Broncos. And I mentioned that 20-play drive. They actually, well, excuse me, there was actually a 10-play drive, a field goal right before that, and then a 20-play drive. So they actually had a sequence of 30 plays, back-to-back drives, where they only allowed three points total. And and the reason they were able to get off the field in those situations is because they went two for six on that drive, allowing third downs. Now, Denver converted a couple couple fourth downs and and allowed that drive to keep going. But all that to say... Yeah, they're going to get gashed in the run game maybe a little bit, uh, or, or they, they allowed Denver, I should say, to get gashed in the run, to gash them in the running game a little bit um, because they didn't want to get beat deep with, with these weapons that, that uh, Denver has. So, yeah, you allow them to get six or seven yards of carry. They're not going to get that every time. And once they get into those third downs, that's when Staggs calls his best stuff. That's when they, they got off the field. And, so, and, and all that to say is the third down defense is the most important. Your run defense is important. They've been better at that lately. But what it comes down to in winning the NFL is, is good pass defense, good third down defense, good situational defense. And that's what they're excelling at right now, and, and that's why it doesn't seem like they're slowing down anytime soon. This third down defense is really good, and it's, and it's all about Spag's play calling right now. Yeah, you think about that, and you think about the uh, third down offense that they have. They're, they're number one in the league still at 
on converting third down. Speaking of that offense, Ron, uh, would you see it? I was expecting maybe a little bit more uh, coming after that bye week. Um, to kind of, and I know Fangio's a good defensive guy, and they were going to have a plan for the Chiefs, but it is interesting when you start looking at these wide receiver splits in this game. You know, Pringle, 72% of the snaps. D-Rob, 54% of the snaps. Josh Gordon, 23%. I haven't got to McCole Hardman yet. He's at 16%. First of all, what does it say about Byron Pringle getting 72%? Because to me, it says number two wide receiver may be here in Byron Pringle and then Hardman going all the way down to 16%. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, first of all, with Byron Pringle, it's good to see him in that situation. I think I've always been a guy that said he deserves more snaps. but Until he dropped the balls, and then I was like, ah, come on, man. Yeah. But that's unlike him, though, because Mahomes had the highest quarterback rating throwing to him. Yeah, and actually, just after that drop a couple plays later, he went right back to him for a first-down conversion. Right back. That shows you trust him. But, no, my point, though, with Pringle playing that many snaps is, it's, it's, it's not a good thing uh, if you're an offense that Pringle's playing that much. Pringle is a, is a great third or fourth receiver or, you know, a, a good third or fourth receiver guy you can trust on. Shouldn't be your second wide receiver. So I think that's something that's an offseason thing. So we'll talk about that later, obviously. But the guy that was supposed to be the second wide receiver on this team and really take off this year, Nicole Hardman, it's, it's become very obvious, painfully obvious, that the team just just looks at him as a as a completely as a complete gadget player, a guy that's really fast and, and we're only going to use on screens, quick screens to the outside, reverses, you know, jet sweeps. There's really no other way to put it at this point. You know, he even got kicked off the punt return team, which I think uh, you know I, I think right now kind of shows you you were talking about Andy Reid kind of playing conservative right now. I think that actually shows you, and that decision shows you why because Hardman's that big play guy, but. Yeah, he does have some ball security issues, as, as a lot of these offensive players do right now for some reason. But uh, Hardman has always had a little bit of ball security issues on punt return and stuff. I think Andy Reid's trusting, uh, you know, Mike Hughes to be a little more, uh, you know, maybe he's not as much of a big play threat, but he's not going to fumble the ball. All that to say is Hardman's just this volatile player right now that the team isn't really trusting to have much of a role except, hey, every once in a while we're going to get you on the outside and we're going to get you a quick screen, get you, you know, he had 12 yards on the one against Denver. You know, these jet sweeps keep the defense honest, keep them, you know, thinking about the outside. But that's it, man. You know, he, he's, it, it's pretty – in my opinion, it, it looks like they don't even think of him as a legitimate wide receiver anymore. I mean, I was asked that question, what, what would I think about his uh, limited snap counts? And really what I came to it is, Ron, that uh, here's the thing. I mean, Sammy Watkins did provide something when he played, got inside, willing to make the tough catch, willing to block. Um I've likened Pringle kind of to a poor man, Sammy Watkins. It's willing to do the things a lot of guys aren't willing to do. And that served him well and why he's doing what he's doing right now. It, it comes down to trust. And can we facilitate our offense? Because guess what? The Chiefs are having to play differently now. Like Hardman doesn't fit in. Hardman's like like Tyree Kill, but Tyree Kill's made the adjustments to become, you know, not that vertical and nine-round receiver and more intermediate catch in the middle. I mean – Hardman, back in back when the Chiefs were just wide open and able to do what they want, he serves more of a purpose than what he does now. No, yeah, I, you you mentioned the nine round stuff. We're not even seeing that anymore, Binkley. That's the thing. I, mean, I know. We're not even seeing Hard, Hardman on the intermediate to deep routes anymore. You know, we saw that his rookie year. They were they were designing him up, 
And I still think there's there, there's a way to design those up, right? I mean, obviously, defenses are playing them so differently now, maybe that they're just not there. But we're only seeing Hardman get touches on 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 truly designed plays, short, these these quick, easy ways to get him the ball and just allow him, you know, to be a fast guy and try to outrun somebody to the corner of the, the defense. Um, yeah, no, it's just it, it's it's. It's something that could change still. It's something that, hey, he can still prove himself. You know, there's a lot of seasons left by the postseason. You know, maybe he does earn a few more reps. But nine total snaps in a game right off a of bye week where you'd think, you know, maybe they try to, you know, get into these personnel packages they want to go into all the time, you know, kind of get comfortable with the guys they want to play down this stretch. And they're still trusting, like, like Demarcus Robinson to play over 50% of the snaps, uh, you know, in favor of, Hardman. That's just really discouraging if you're Hardman. I mean, Robinson gives you nothing receiving upside wise, and he's still playing that much over you. Yeah, there's reason to be concerned, uh, you know, with Hardman's future, I guess, a future role in the team. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com on Twitter, at Ron underscore KOPP, does podcast articles, you name it, for arrowheadpride.com, and joins Pete Sweeney and I every Wednesday at, uh, at 6 15 uh, to talk Kansas City Chiefs on Arrowhead Pride Radio. Uh, right here on 610 Sports Radio. What what article did you say was coming out, Ron? Yeah, we got a film review of the third down defense coming okay. out tomorrow, so be ready for that. Ron, always enjoy your insight. Like talking to you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, Jay. Appreciate you. Take care. Ron Cop, right there. I do want to talk about Hardman for a second because the text from 816 um, says I'm way off on McCool. I'll, I'll address that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This is Mitch Holtz's Catch Me every Friday morning at 730 right here on 610 Sports Radio. Defense, again, had a... Had a nice game here. I mean, it was beautiful to watch. And the pressure we put on Teddy and and then the way we were able to sustain uh, against a run game. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, a good, they're obviously a good football team. Big Fangio is a heck of a football coach. No, Fangio is a good football coach defensively. The rest of it, no. I love listening to him, though. It's weird, Chris, because you know me. I listen to the other coaches and I always – like find a little nugget, but I don't listen to them all. I only listen to them if they get a track record of being interesting. Like the top of the list is Don, quote, Week Martindale of the Ravens because he says some stuff that's awesome. Like early on, I hate Mahomes. There's two plays, the plays you call and the plays he runs. Backyard football, he takes games to make that. I like that kind of stuff. But Fangio's been the same way because he's compared even guys to Bo Jackson and stuff in the past. He does this kind of stuff. Well, Fangio, he had, he had said something about Sunday Night Football, Chris. He was talking about how the kids, like the younger players, love it, right? Because he goes, but back in my day, he said, he said back a, a while, he said, it, was, it was pretty much a back in my day quote. Monday Night Football was it. Vic, it's been a long time since Sunday Night Football hasn't dominated Monday Night Football. So at that point, I was like, right, Vic's the guy who totally gets the green kids on Thanksgiving to fix his phone, isn't he? Hey, yeah. you kids, come in here and fix my iPad. What, what is what is an iPad? First of all, <laughs> tell me what that is. Fix this phone. 
you're using the book face and the and the Insta face and all that. And, and he's like, pecking on a keyboard to yeah. try to send it. Help he's me using, send this email. He's using the he's using two index fingers to type on the keyboard. Again, great defensive mind. They zigged when everybody else zagged. Offensive coach, they went defensive coach with Vic Fangio. But again, coach quarterback combination, that's sorely what they're missing in Denver. But it's like, the, which is fine. If you're a Chiefs fan, you, you like them swimming on a treadmill. You like them just getting on there, getting on a treadmill, not on the track. If you're on the treadmill, you're not going anywhere. You're on the track, you're at least going around in a big circle. If you're running down the street, who knows where you end up? You're going somewhere. Treadmill, you're never going anywhere. That's the way I see the Broncos constantly on that treadmill. Andy Reid was talking about this defense after the game. And really, he's having to say things he's just really never said about this team, except back in 2019 after the Chargers game in Mexico City, where you started hearing a lot of this uh, from the Chiefs and now the talking heads that worked with Spags. Uh, I had Brian Baldinger on the show a couple weeks or a couple weeks ago, and he's talking about Spags' defenses, you know, because he knew Spags for a long time. Hey, in the second half of the season, this is what he does. He just keeps getting better, which is true, because we've seen that with Steve Spagnola. But the other thing was Melvin Gordon. When Andy Reid was asked about number 24 after the game. Frequently, you'll mention 2-4, um, Melvin Ingram, and, and what he's been able to do. Uh, how much do you view him as a, a catalyst to, of really getting this whole defense and, and the ship righted there? Yeah, no, he's been a positive, positive influence um, for the defense. I, I think, Pete, probably the, the thing was getting everybody back, healthy corners, D-line, linebackers, you know, we, we had pieces missing, it seemed like every week. Uh, and, and um, you know, then, and then some of the younger kids are getting more experience and, and playing better. So I, I think it's a culmination of all of that. <clears throat> but I, I don't want to slight Melvin um, when you had a, a Pro Bowl player in there. I mean, that's, that's going to help you. And, and then he's got a good attitude. So, and he's a good leader. He's very smart. Um, so it's been a welcome addition. I, you know, the credit goes to Brett Beach on that for sure. The job that he did getting them. So as far as pickups by the Chiefs, obviously bringing in free agent Tyron Matthews been the biggest one entered this Veach uh, Reed um, era we have here. But Terrell Suggs was a good fit because he fit right in. The guys respected him, and he was serviceable. Didn't do a lot. But he was there. It was still Troll Suggs and meeting rooms and everything else, showing spin moves or whatever, trying to help the guys out. That worked out. Le'Veon Bell, not so much. Josh Gordon still getting used to back to playing football again. But trade deadline deals, like Melvin Ingram's at the top, man. Because I, I know that the uh, I know that the the Rams push all in with they said they pushed all in. They even said on Twitter we pushed all in with Odell Beckham and Von Miller and these guys. Like, this is a guy, and the Chiefs' defense started trending in the right direction kind of before Melvin. But since they've had Melvin, you're seeing Jaron Reed start to show up in the stat sheet, like in Vegas, where Ingram draws the double team because he's been owning the Raiders ever since he's been in the NFL. Reed gets the sack. The next week, gets a half sack. This week, he's making plays. And he's enjoying playing football. It's like, this is the Jaron Reed you thought you got the way you're seeing the last couple weeks. Frank Clark, the resurgent, he likes playing with Melvin Ingram. Said he idolized him even before uh, he got to Kansas City. The pep and the step. You've got 36 uh, moves inside, 17 outside from Chris Jones this past week. It's just far as guys and what they do this defensive line. But they make the secondary better, too. 
I mean, Shervius Ward played a good game. Good, good receivers in Denver, too, with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. Good receivers. And Rashad Fenton, who are, well, he is their highest pro football focus graded cornerback on the run, didn't even play. And that's not just the Chiefs grade, but all around NFL grade, didn't even play. All right, back to the text line here for a second, Chris. I want you to put your judge's hat on in this. Not that judges wear hats, but pretend like you're a judge for a second. Some of them do. Do they? I've never seen a judge wearing a hat Some in a courtroom. Do. I mean, oh, in the courtroom, no. No, you're right. I thought you were just taught like the... No, they were like the old school like wigs, the, like Aaron Judge. Yeah, they did judges those section. powder wigs back in the day. Yeah, but they, judges don't wear hats unless no. I miss I don't something. think that's good court etiquette to wear a hat in court. <laughs> I mean, if you're judging, do what the hell you are, but they don't do it. I probably would if I was a judge, like wearing hats. But, yeah, I'd wear a flat bill. But I'll never be a judge. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. But 816, it's not being totally negative, but he's just saying way off on McColl. Tyreek can handle any game plan going over the middle, et cetera. He's smaller than McColl. McColl just sucks. Well, here's the thing. Tyreek is a hell of a lot stronger built than anybody wide receiver on this team. And he's learned how to become a better receiver. I've said it. Like Tyreek Hill's becoming the complete pack. Now the drops he's got to work on because he's dropping the ball too damn much. But let's be honest. He became good on the inside because that's what the Chiefs had to use him. That's the ways the short passes, the yards after catch, that yak you're expecting from Tyreek Hill. And he even said, it. you know, he likes to go vertical. He likes to go nine around. He likes to go deep. He's became, this is going to serve him better. This is going to serve him better when, when father time finally hits him and he starts to slow down, which will happen at some point because speed's been the name of his game, but now he's this all-around receiver that can do everything, run every route. No, McColl's problem is the Chiefs have had to do a lot of these shorter intermediate passes. It's become more of a physical game for the wide receivers, not only in the blocking area, but going across the middle doing those things. That's where McColl just doesn't fit. This is why you're seeing Byron Pringle that had the most snaps of, of the wide receivers last week at 72%. Why? Because he brings this at Sammy Watkins' light. He's willing to hit you. He's willing to block. He's willing to make the tough catch. He's willing to do all the little things. That's where you're seeing him. I get it. He dropped a couple. But, you know, let's take the bigger body of work going into this game. Mahomes had the highest quarterback rating when throwing to Byron Pringle. I, I just think that the issue with McColl isn't that he, he sucks, as this person on the on the text line says. I just think it's an issue where he's not reliable. I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's almost as talented as Tyreek is. But, but it's been very simple, Timmy. You go back and yeah. watch his Georgia film, it's very simple. He was a deep route, nine route guy, yeah, man. Yeah, but the issue, what he did. the issue with him is that like he's got the physical talent. He just has not figured out the fundamental aspect of it. And they find they have to manufacture a lot of touches for him because he isn't a great route runner and he's not reliable at catching the football, but he is an incredible talent. And when he has the ball in his hands, he's almost as dangerous as Tyreek is. And I don't think you can deny that. The, the, and, and as far as him being bigger, he's, he's two pounds heavier yeah, than Tyreek. He's, Tyree, he's like he, a, an inch or two taller than him. Look like, at their body size. Tyreek kills a bowl of muscle. Yeah. He's, 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 he's got huge arms. I, I've seen him. In, he's huge. Yeah. But the issue with McColl is that he's not, not a sure-handed, reliable receiver, and he isn't great at route running. And because of that, he's not someone that they've been able to rely on the way that Pringle has been just a tiny bit because even Pringle isn't 100% reliable. And that's the reason why I like Pringle and Demarcus Robinson are getting more touches. We'll take a timeout. Andy Reid hit some other things to talk about with this offense. We look to spearhead this offense. Again, this offense gets turned around. There's no better team in the NFL to go along with this defense. They just got to figure it out. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 